Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. On DAB+, online, via the TalkSport app, and on your smart speaker. The Women's Football Show with Baker Brothers. It's a really, really good finish. I love goals like that on TalkSport 2. Hello, hello. This is TalkSport's Women's Football Show. Thanks for being with us as always. What a week it's been. And the news that floored us all, Emma Hayes is leaving Chelsea at the end of the season. She's remarkable in terms of tactically, energy, communication. She's got it all. We'll hear more from Times Chief Football Writer Henry Winter on Emma Hayes' legacy here in England, with rumours circulating that the US women's national team is her next destination. Chelsea beat Aston Villa 6-0 before that announcement, while Arsenal ended Manchester City's unbeaten start to the season. We are far from a finished product, far from it, uh, but we recognise that, we know that, and as long as you know what you are, then I think you can develop, and that's what we need to do. Jonas Eideval knows there's more to come from his side, but City boss Gareth Taylor says they put in the better performance. The amount of opportunities we have at the top end of the pitch is the frustrating one that we shouldn't really have to worry about a mistake at the other end that's going to cost us. We'll go through all of the weekend's WSL and Championship action. This is Talk Sports Women's Football Show. Happy New Week, you lovely lot. This is Talk Sports Women's Football Show podcast. I'm Faker Ruthers, bringing you loads of exclusive content. We'll be here every week, uh, bringing you the very best of the show. Don't forget, you can also listen back to the full Women's Football Show via the Talk Sport app. This week, we were on on Monday at 7pm, so just swipe for Talk Sport to find Monday, and you can listen in full then. Now, there's only one place to start, isn't there? And that's with the news that Emma Hayes is leaving Chelsea at the end of the season after 11 years in charge. As it stands, she's guided Chelsea to six WSL titles, five FA Cups and two League Cups, but I'm sure she's going to be looking to end her final season in charge by winning as many trophies as possible. Uh, A statement from Chelsea said she leaves to pursue a new opportunity outside the WSL and club football. Hmm. She's been heavily linked with the vacant post of US Women's National Team Manager after Vlatko Andonovsky resigned following their shock last 16 exit at the 20 2023 Women's World Cup. So myself and former Tottenham captain Jenna Scalacci discussed what it could mean for the WSL to have no Emma Hayes in the dugout. What's next for her? And we also got the thoughts of Chelsea fan Megan Wilson. The big news of the weekend. Chelsea manager Emma Hayes is set to leave Chelsea at the end of the season. She's going to be pursuing a new opportunity outside the WSL and club football. That was the statement that came out of the club at the weekend. She's been heavily 
fully linked with the vacant USA women's, US women's national team manager job after Vlatko Andonovsky resigned following their shock last 16 exit at the 2023 Women's World Cup. Uh, the news, of course, came after that 6-0 victory over Aston Villa on Saturday afternoon. What was your reaction first and foremost, Jenna? A shock, I think, initially. I, I think, you know... She- She's part of the furniture, isn't she? She's been at Chelsea for 12 seasons and totally transformed that club into the serial winners that they are today. So, yeah, shock, a bit of sadness in there as well. But um, I think there was always going to be be a time when, where this moment came. And I think especially the timing of it as well, it, it seemed like it came out straight away after the final whistle. So for me, the timing was a shock. And yeah, I, thought, I think it's a sad day for the league, for Chelsea. Um, but, you know, she's one of the best in the world at what she does. And 12 years in one place is a, is a huge amount of time. And, she, you know, she's she won practically everything. The only thing that's eluded her is, is that Champions League. But there's still time for her to do that. That could be the perfect ending to her journey with uh, oh, Chelsea, wouldn't, wouldn't it? it just be? I mean, you know, you said she's done it all. She's been in charge since 2012. Uh, six WSL titles, four of them consecutive. Five FA Cups, two League Cups. They were the runners-up, weren't they, in 2021? Mm-hmm. And uh, that is the elusive trophy missing from her cabinet. But it's been an incredible tenure. And uh, she's created the most dominant side the WSL has ever seen. Uh, speaking on Talk Sports Sunday edition, the Times Chief Football Writer Henry Winter reflected on what Emma Hayes has done for women's football in this country. Oh, we'll hear from uh, Henry a little bit later on. Um, when, when we talk about Emma Hayes in terms of the legacy that, that, that she leaves, Jenna, well, what's been the most impressive thing she's done in that 12 years for you? I mean, I think she's been on a journey, hasn't she? And she's been had all the resources around her but I think one of the most impressive things for me is especially in probably the last five six seasons is the standards and the quality that she has in her in her squads but yet managing to keep those the whole squad happy and still win you know and every player whenever they're needed or called upon to be ready you know there's never really that everybody's bought into her mm. and I think that's down to her and her personality and her standards that she drives every day. Um, I think another massive thing that she's one of the best at is working with these young players, giving them the patience to develop, to mould them into you know some of the best young players in the world. Um, and we've seen it. We've seen it time and time again, season against season. And these young players trust her. And, you know, as a young player, you just want to be out there playing. But she takes her time with them and then they're out there and you see players like Lauren James, Charles, Jess Carter, who now are some of the best young talent in the world. But yeah, I think I think she's phenomenal. It's going to be a massive loss. And my favourite thing is just there's no filter with her when it comes to <laughs> <laughs> those post-match interviews. I'll miss them. <laughs> yeah, I was I was explaining that to somebody earlier on, actually, uh, when, when they asked what I thought about her potentially uh, taking over the Lionesses. And I thought, oh, do you know what? I'm not entirely sure <laughs> whether those uh, post-match interviews would go down quite quite so well. Uh, now, listen, I promised you the Times uh, football writer, chief football writer, Henry Winter, and uh, I keep my promises here on TalkSport too. Very rarely do you get someone who has such an impact on a room. She is remarkable just walking in her aura. One of the events 
was was with many uh, female athletes right at the top of their game. And when Emma Hayes walked in, you could just see, you know, as an outsider, as a journalist, you could just see the impact that she was having on these elite athletes and why Chelsea had been so good. She's she's remarkable in terms of tactically, energy, communication. She's got it all. She has got it all, hasn't she? She's uh, absolutely phenomenal and she's such a favourite, not just amongst other athletes, you know, not just in in football, but certainly on the terraces. Whenever you go to King's Meadow, they chant her name uh, from start to finish during the game. So that's who we're going to speak to because that's who ultimately it impacts directly the Chelsea fans and we're really lucky to have um, Megan Wilson who you know we, we have view from the stands here on on talk sports women's football show every week and what better or maybe from Megan's point of view worst time to speak to a Chelsea fan Megan you must have been absolutely devastated when you heard this news oh yeah I mean yeah it's I don't think I've really had time to like fully think it through, I guess, but um, I think because it came out in the way it did, it was like, it was, it was kind of so unexpected, but, but also, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I didn't feel that shock in the way that I thought I would, because I guess I have been anticipating it a little bit, knowing that she's been with us as long as she had, and that that had to kind of come to an end at some point. What was one of your favourite memories from, from her tenure? Oh God. Um... I think for me, one that really kind of sticks out, I thought straight away of, um, I know it didn't end the way that we wanted it to ultimately, but when we made it um, to the the Champions League final in, in 2021, I was there at that match and it was just, yeah, it, it beaten by, you know, and going through it was just, <clears throat> the reaction from her was amazing. You could just see, you know how much it meant and and everything that went into getting that far and even even though that you know campaign ended the then the way that it did it's still one of the most exciting things I've ever felt and one of the kind of proudest I felt of that team to get as as far as they did. I mean how dreamy would it be for her to to get her hands on the Champions League trophy as as she bows out? God I know it's such a it's such a hard thing to think about because that is that is the dream and and that is how that like fairy tale ending would go wouldn't it just just for us to finally make it but then part of me is like I don't want to I don't want to like raise my expectations that high because I wouldn't if it doesn't happen for us then I wouldn't that couldn't take away you know from from any of the success that she's had in in all the time that she has been with us and I'd take all of that that she's worked at over those 12 years um, over, you know, the trophy at the end of it, like, because you just can't take away from what she's going to be leaving us with, even if it's not a, a a Champions League title this year, it'll it'll come and it'll be because of what she's left behind, even if she's not still with us. Hi, Megan, it's Jenna here. Hi. Hi, yeah. Uh, it's not just Chelsea that are losing out on a gem, is it? The whole league in general, how hard will she be to be replaced? I mean, massively, but I also feel like it's the kind of manager that she is and the work that she's put in with Chelsea over this amount of time that it's got to be part of her kind of exit plan, you know, that she's she's got to be like leaving what she's done in, in good hands. And, and the work that she's done doesn't leave with her either. So it's like, you know, she'll be gone and it will be a huge hole to fill, but 
in the right hands I think the the kind of the machine that she's left behind in the legacy like in the right hands we can keep doing what we're doing and and go on to achieve even more okay um, so who, who I, are I those right hands to... Megan who are those right hands god I, I don't know I'm I'm so glad it's not me that has to make that choice because I I wouldn't I I couldn't say I have no idea because it's like I feel like because I've never I've never known this team under any other manager so it's like I haven't even had to go there you know so it's so hard to imagine but that's also I guess that is also what on the other hand is quite exciting about it is to to see this team under a new manager for the first time in the in the time that I've been supporting them. So there is something quite exciting, I think, about what the future will hold, not to see it all super negatively and, and sadly. Oh, yeah, without, without a doubt. But I think it's really important in terms of the succession plan. You would think that Chelsea have already got their eye on somebody or sounded somebody out. You you would expect to then put that statement out. They're giving themselves plenty of plenty of time as well. But as you say, the foundations are there, which is is really important. But do you have a a kind of preference in terms of uh, of the mo of a manager, if you like? You know, would you like a female manager to take over? Do they have to be English? You know, what 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 do you think? can take Chelsea onto the next level? Because it's a little bit like, you know, following Sir Alex Ferguson at Manchester United, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, yeah, I, I can't I can't deny that I would, I would like another female manager because I think, you know, of, of the top teams in the WSL, like it, it would be nice to, to continue having more um, representation of, of women coaches. Um, so I think that's always going to be a positive thing, um, like not just for Chelsea, but for the, like the league as a whole. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's definitely like a bias I would have. Um, definitely um, would not be limited to English managers. I think, in fact, it could be um, what is, is needed in a way by branching, uh, branching out a bit further afield, like um, especially given that the one thing that we've kind of not been able to to reach yet is that is that Champions League trophy and and maybe by having a bit more influence like from elsewhere in Europe or even further afield like that kind of different perspective could could be what you know actually um takes it that little bit further unless she does it for you of course <laughs> before she goes brilliant stuff thank you very much so lovely to chat to you Megan take care all right thanks bye Chelsea fan uh, Megan Wilson there um, before we round this off Jenna though we've got to talk about where she might potentially go and in fact by the time uh, you listen back to this show you might know already where she is going because heavy favourite for taking over from Vlatko Andonovsky at the US Women's National Team what can she do there is she the perfect fit I think so I think you know she's one of the most successful female coaches in the game and I think the American national team are in a really interesting place in the sense they're in a bit of a transitional phase where they've got a lot of young talent coming through and we all know that's one of Emma's strengths is working with these young players, young exciting players and I think it it kind of makes sense and it could be like a perfect match for an, a new challenge um, for her herself, her family. I think I, I remember listening to an uh, interview with her, I think it must have been about this time last year when people, when there was all the talk about her going to a men's club and she said something in that where she her next job would be in a different country. Mm. So it got you kind of thinking. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that's announced anytime soon and I think it's a good match and a good challenge for her. 
After a packed international break, the WSL... It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I was back with some cracking fixtures over the weekend, so myself and Jenna sat and broke down all the action. Chelsea extended their unbeaten start to the WSL season with a ruthless victory at the Poundland Bescott Stadium. Six goals they scored with no reply. Millie Bright and Frank Kirby putting the Blues in control at half-time before Joanna Ritting, Canard, Ashley Lawrence, Aggie Beaver-Jones and Neve Charles compounded a miserable afternoon for Carla Ward's side. Uh, never nice to be talking about the potential of a manager losing their job and certainly uh, Carla Ward's post-match comments were really interesting. She was very... Cu- cool and calm as we expect from from Carla Ward but you know she's under pressure isn't she yeah massive pressure they just seem to be in a rut don't they and they they can't get out of it at the minute and it's a really lonely place to be when you're in there especially as the manager you know you're, you're the face of it all and fair play to her she come out there and she 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 took the blame for it really she she protected her team and that's what every good manager does but I think she's had a tough run of games and obviously coming up against the Chelsea side I thought they uh, Villa actually started really well on the front foot but Chelsea just dismantled them and I think after about three or four goals they just ran out of ideas they they looked beaten before mm. like even the 50th minute they just looked beaten and we're not seeing the Aston Villa side that got the results last season that hunger that that confidence and I think confidence is the key part here and when you're in a rut and you don't have that confidence it's so difficult to get out of Do you know what I find really interesting particularly about this game and therefore then the timing of of the announcement Mm. of Emma Hayes is actually at the end of last season if anybody was going to say to me that Emma Hayes was leaving and and who could potentially replace mm. her. Carla Ward would actually have been way up there for me as a, as a strong contender. I know they're good friends and they and yeah. they speak often as well. Uh, I, I'm not sure whether that would necessarily be the case, but is it harsh to to judge her on the past few games? I think you know she's still a, a very young coach, and I think last season she achieved incredible things with that Aston Villa team and recruited really well. And I think. Maybe the recruitment in the summers let them down slightly. I think attacking wise they look good, but defensively they've they've obviously got problems. Um, but I think she's still got 
you can't write her off now just based on the start of this season. You know, you see it. We've seen it time and time again. We saw it last season with the likes of Leicester, Tottenham, who were all in ruts. Mm. Obviously, Rianne uh, Skinner paid the price for being one of those ruts, but what came with the change was obviously a new, you know, boost of confidence, new ideas. But I think with uh, Aston Villa, I think you can't... I think Villa would be really... It'd be harsh to, to sack her now. I think if you look at the runner games they've got coming up, Sheffield United in the Cup, Bristol, which is a huge, huge game coming up, West Ham, Everton, these are games that they you maybe judge after that block mm. of fixtures because I think they're games that you would look to win. I don't think against Chelsea, given the, the form that they're in, they would have thought they would be taking anything anyway. So I think... I think there's still time, so I think the sensible thing to be do, to do would let them. You know, they've got Sheffield United. That could be a game where you get a bit of confidence in, ready for that huge encounter against Bristol. So I think it would be silly of Villa to make any decisions just yet. Mm, yeah, I'd agree. Agree with you on that. In terms of Chelsea, though, I mean their dominance. Even you know, we've talked previously about them not necessarily hitting their straps mm. this season, but you know, six different goal scorers just shows how threatening they are all across the pitch. Yeah, I mean, they're some of the best attacking players in, in the world right there in that Chelsea squad. And I think it just looked like it finally clicked. Chelsea have notoriously started a bit slow. The performances haven't been there and everything just fell into place. It looked, I, I think obviously in the second half, I think that went down to the way that Villa played and mm. just kind kind of given up. But it looked Frank Kirby back in was obviously a massive, massive bonus for them on the score sheet. And yeah, six different scorers. It's ridiculous, isn't it? And they no longer have to rep- rely on Sam Coe. Didn't even have to come on. So what a luxury that is, oh, you know? Um, you whereas imagine? last season she was having to do it all, wasn't she? And maybe a result of why she's picked up this injury now. But they've now got the depth attacking and goals everywhere. Goals galore. So is that Champions League trophy going? I mean, look, we can't talk about it just <laughs> yet, can we? But at the same time, with the the strength and depth that they've got, they could potentially do something special this season. Well, yeah. I mean, the squad's ridiculous. I think attacking threats, you, you know, six different goal scorers in, against Villa, who are no, no real pushover. But yeah, I think if it was going to happen, it has to happen now, I think. And it would be the perfect ending and perfect script. But there's a long way. To go, long yeah. way to go <laughs> as we always say until there's not <laughs> and then we're yeah. like oh wow okay there isn't anymore <laughs> Arsenal 2 Manchester City uh, 1 City making the trip down south uh, and uh, after their impressive start to the season they were full of confidence uh, let's find out what happened Talk Sport Charlotte Richardson was watching this one for Talk Sport Arsenal 2, Manchester City 1. The Gunners pick up a third league win in a row and what a big three points against fellow title rivals City who they are now equal with points on in the WSL. After a slow start, Steph Catley put the host ahead on 13 minutes making the most of the time and space gifted to her on the edge of the box. Arsenal could have doubled their lead from the spot. Kim Nittles' penalty denied by a super save from Kiara Keating. City drew level when their persistence paid off. Some good build-up play and attacking move finish by Chloe Kelly. Super sub Stina Blacksenius capitalised on a goalkeeping blunder to secure the winner and keeper Keating could be seen in tears at the end, consoled by her Manchester City teammates. It is costly at the top, the young lioness will learn. But for Arsenal, whilst they might not be all firing, they are certainly clicking and into some momentum. It's building here, it finishes Arsenal 2, Manchester City 1. 
Such a shame for her, isn't it? Because she's had a great start to the season, had all the plaudits, got her call up to the yeah. to the senior squad, etc. We'll, we'll talk her in a second, but let's face, uh, let's talk about the winning side ultimately, uh, and hear from Arsenal manager Jonas Eideval, who spoke to Charlotte after the match. Jonas, a massive three points. The word that comes to mind watching that performance is substance. You had to show substance defensively, attackingly, and most importantly, but with character. How did you assess that ninety? I agree. We spoke about that in football, that football is a lot of different things that all comes together holistically. That one part of football is, is on the tactic boards. It's about how we position, how we create numerical overloads and so on. But that's just one part of football. Then you have the running part and you have the mental part of it with saying like, if you fail once, are you going to try again? And if you're tired, are you still going to run? And if you feel it hurts a little bit, are you still going to go in the next time? And those parts, they play equally important part as with playing the game well from a tactical and technical level. We spoke a lot about having a complete performance in SES. And when you speak substance, I really like that word because that was really what it was about. It's not only taking one part of football. We have to put all parts of football, putting them into our performance. And that's what made this performance strong enough to be able to win. I've interviewed you many times when some key players have been missing, but looking at your bench today, it's probably the strongest it's been for a long time heading into a busy fixture. How much is that helpful to you? Because the WSL is so competitive. Oh, that, that is very helpful, but also a little difficult at this time because, of course, the names are really strong on the bench, but they're still not there where they can play 90 minutes. So it's not like having nine players on the bench today that, that are ready to jump in from minute one if something happens. There's still a lot of consideration here with return to play protocols and so on, but we're getting it. Three wins in a row. I don't think you would say it was an all-firing display today, but things are clicking into place bit by bit. Yeah, small steps, right? Development, learning things, developing as a group. Uh, we said that before the season started that we didn't have time. I think we used time well in the first block. We saw progression, we saw development, and uh, now that's what we need to continue to do. But we are far from a finished product, far from it. Uh, but we recognize that, we know that, and as long as you know what you are, then I think you can develop, and that's what we need to do. Yeah, third consecutive WSL victory for Jonas Eideval's Arsenal. None of them have been particularly convincing performances, but they're, they're managing to pull results out of the bag, which, you know, is what top teams do. What do you make of their season so far, Jenna? Yeah, I mean, obviously they got off to a, the worst start against Liverpool, but since then, as you say, they've managed to get the results in. Um, and I think it's enough now. Um, while, and... Jonas Eidewell just touched on, he's, he's getting his squad back. Slowly, slowly, he's getting that full-strength squad back. So I think until you have that squad, I think how they're going about the business at the minute, it, it's working. But I think they're going to come up against some teams, you know, in the future that it's not going to pay off because they're just winning by one goal at the minute. Mm. I think they're, they're not scoring as much as we'd like to see an Arsenal team score. I think for me, I think Russo, her work rate is ridiculous. She what, what, She's so much more than a goal scorer and she's obviously not really scoring like we're used to seeing her score. But I think sooner or later it's going to click and I think once she does get that goal, I think they're just going to keep coming thick and fast and I think that that's when we'll, we'll, we'll start to see that, you know, winning more convincingly then you get Mead and Media Bar slowly getting more minutes in their legs as well and I think it will come together but at the minute they're just yeah they are just doing enough to, to get the results and I think that's all that matters I think they can't really afford to drop too many more points given that that loss on the opening day of the season so 
they're leaving it a bit. <laughs> I'm sure the Arsenal fans won't be happy with you know leaving it that late to to get the points. But at the minute, they're getting the job done. Yeah, they've scored eight goals, um, which is the second lowest of the of the top six. Only Liverpool have scored have scored less, which means you know they're they're joint second with Liverpool, Tottenham, and, and Manchester City, but uh, low down in fifth uh, because of goal difference. Uh, let's talk Manchester City, shall we? And hear from the uh, City boss Gareth Taylor. He also spoke with Charlotte Richardson. That was a proper WSL battle. I'm sure you feel that your side deserved a little more out of that 90 minutes oh, yeah. plus. Yeah, absolutely. I thought we deserved more, but you did, you get what you deserve. And we've said to the players, and I've always said that this season, and I said it to them last season as well, is no one beats us but us. And uh, that's no disrespect to the opposition. I don't want it to come across like that. But we know that if we're right on our day, then there aren't going to be many teams that can handle us. And I thought our play was really good today. We started the game so well. I think... Um, start of the second half we created three chances in the first five minutes but don't take them I think it's the the amount of opportunities we have at the top end of the pitch is the frustrating one that we shouldn't really have to worry about a mistake at the other end that's going to cost us um, worst case scenario today is coming away with a point I'd still be saying the same things but yeah I was proud of the performance and the way we played we showed our identity and um, yeah it's frustrating that Arsenal scored on their first attack and that knocked the wind out of ourselves a little bit but we re- 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 uh, regrouped and I thought completely dominated the second period yeah they did they had 17 attempts in that in that match but they just weren't clinical enough to turn more of them into goals but did he hang Kiara Keating out to dry a little bit there in his post-match comments yeah I thought it was a bit harsh I think considering you know he's given her the nod to, to, to be starting as 19, year, 19 years of age, you know, you kind of want a bit more support from your your manager there out in public. But you, you can't help but feel for the for the teenager. I mean, she'll learn. It will be one of her biggest learnings. But you could just see the heartbreak on it. And yeah, as, as soon as it happened and mm. such a big moment. Mm. But it just shows the fine margins in this, in this league. It's one mistake and, you know, you, you lose the points. But, yeah, I think she's it's just gutting for her but you know she'll learn from it she she was starting I think he's preferred her because she can play out from the back mm. you know that they're her strengths and she just misjudged the ball completely misjudged it she came out went to head it nearly handballed it and you know Black Stennis is never going to miss from there and up until that I thought Man City were the better team and they had the momentum but they just couldn't convert you know or, or get that goal and and while you while you're at, it's just gutting. They should, they should have, they had chances to win it. They didn't, and then they got punished. Yeah, they did. But you know, she's a young keeper. She will bounce back from it, yeah. and actually could be a, a good thing for her in the future actually because she has had praise heaped on her gets yeah. her opportunity and you know it's a bit of a crash back down to earth to then build up again yeah um, I mean I imagine she's been on quite a roller coaster. you yeah. know she's got the start in place and then she's gone to Lioness's camp and and football you know I say, I think I've said it to you so many times. One of my coaches said, don't get too high because after a high straight comes a low. And that's a prime example of it. But she's, you know, she's got some great teammates around her who some of the best, you know, elite athletes there that will that will uh, look after her and she will come out of it stronger. 
It was more late drama as Manchester United scored a 98th minute equaliser to draw two all with Brighton. The home side took the lead in the first half through Elizabeth Turlan, but the game came alive in the final minutes after Ella Toon's long range beauty of a shot 10 minutes from time. Guru Bergsvant thought she'd won it for Brighton, heading in a corner at the back post after 89 minutes, but super sub Rachel Williams to the rescue yet again for Manchester United, heading in a 98th minute goal to earn them a point. And she's actually now scored four times after coming on as a sub uh, this season and it means that Manchester United stretch their unbeaten run in the WSL. They haven't lost for the last 12 games, obviously including last season as well. I mean, look, Jenna, this was such a cracking game, wasn't it? So many shots coming off the crossbar as well into the side netting, both ends. Mark Skinner not happy with the result afterwards, but actually, should both teams be happy with the scoreline given the game? Yeah, I mean, I think Brighton really took the game. For me, I think, think that's the Brighton performance that we've all been waiting to see after their summer recruitment because I felt they recruited really well, but we hadn't really seen it all click into place. And I thought they were fantastic. And yeah, I think Man United, I think they sh- probably should be happy with that point because I think late on in that, late on in the extra time as well, Marriott's had to make another one to save. Um, I can't remember who took the shot now, but it could have very nearly they could nearly scored another one but yeah I think Mark Skinner will obviously be disappointed that they've had to rely on Rachel Williams again in the dying moments Um, I mean she's she's unbelievable isn't she you know when she's getting ready to come on the pitch she knows her task and she's done it again I think it was Turlan they would be really disappointed just switched off for that second at the Mm. back post and she's been great this season yeah yeah fantastic Mm -hmm. but just switched off for that moment and Williams you know you can't leave her unmarked in the box that's her that's, that's what she's best at. What, uh, what's holding Manchester United back this season? Because I don't, I don't feel like we're fully seeing what they're capable of. Maybe slight arrogant comments from Mark Skinner that he expected them to have won the game and hmm. not happy with a point. Because actually, you know, we we know what Brighton are capable of and they're still, you know, learning under yeah. Melissa Phillips. I think he'll feel frustrated just given the form that Brighton had coming into this match. You know, they hadn't got off to the best start. So for Man United, that's a, a three-pointer, 100% free points for them. So I think he'll be frustrated um, that they haven't. They've dropped points again and you can't afford to drop points in this league, as we know. And Man United, I think this was going to be a massive season for them. And obviously they're, they're out of the Champions League and, and they are now dropping points. But listen, they created a lot. I thought Sophie Bagley was fantastic in again. goal. Again, unreal. She's obviously got a bit of grip between her teeth playing up against her old team, but... I think at the end of the day, when you look at the whole 90 minutes, I think a point apiece is, is probably a fair result. Yeah, and you, and you mentioned those other contenders. You know, it's not... Manchester United got themselves into the top three last season, but there's more contenders yeah. this season, as you say. Two of them are actually a bit of a surprise, Liverpool and Leicester. And actually, it was Liverpool who came out on top in this battle uh, between them both. Finished 2-1 in the end. All the goals came in the second half. Uh, Melissa Lawley uh, putting Liverpool in front in the 48th minute. Then Leicester's Missy Goodwin uh, equalised 10 minutes later. Um, in the end, though, Liverpool's new signing, Marie Marie Hobinger is showing her quality, isn't she? Uh, restored their lead in the 84th minute. And actually, I feel as if this game kind of sums up how far both of these sides have, have come in the league. Yeah, I mean, it was a really competitive game. Again, it was a great game to watch. And I think both teams, I think both teams needed them three points. I think Leicester were at without victory now in three games. But yeah, I thought Liverpool just edged it there and... 
some cracking goals as well. <laughs> My I add, Melissa Lawley's strike was fantastic. But yeah, I think Liverpool are just not many people are talking about them. You know, they've just creeped up, haven't they? Creeped up that table. But yeah, it was a quality game and Leicester feel disappointed, but there was lots of positives as well for them to take. Yeah, there's uh, another quality game. West Ham 2, Bristol City 3. Massive for Bristol City. Their first win of the WSL season, which means Aston Villa are the only side without any points on the board. Five-goal thriller. West Ham going ahead as as well through an Asayi uh, penalty. But Amelia Thrustrup levelling things up five, five minutes later uh, before Ella Powell put Bristol City ahead in the 30 seventh minute her goal then cancelled out by Rico Wecky's shot just before half time but ultimately it was Brooke Aspin's 55th minute header which proved the difference first three points of the season for Bristol City what a relief for them oh huge huge relief and a massive massive three points and I think the timing as well is so important for them because they now go into this match against Aston Villa with that confidence, with that edge on Aston Villa that they've got the three points under their belt now. So they'll go into that and they'll fancy their chances against this Villa team that are low in confidence, still struggling to pick up the points. But I worked the Bristol Arsenal match just before international break and they played so, so well. Mm. Um, And I, I struggled to understand how they hadn't picked up any points, but I knew if they keep playing like that the way they are they are going to upset and they will pick up those points because they've got something about them they've got a bit of grit they're not scared to go forward they've got their threats as well so I'm not surprised by that result but I think the timing of it is so important for them given the big match coming up next weekend. Yeah, I'll tell you where that grit comes from. Anita Asante's part of that <laughs> coaching team. So, you know, she's been there, done it, hasn't she? Uh, I can't believe we're finishing last with Tottenham, but you're held to a one-all draw by Everton. Uh, first time they've dropped points since that opening loss to Chelsea. Um, they've gone ahead thanks to Grace Clinton yet again, uh, just before half-time. Then they gave a pe- away a penalty in the dying minutes of the game. Uh, um, which meant that Everton levelled it up. They had 11 shots on target compared to Everton's two, uh, but Courtney Brosnan, uh, Everton's goalkeeper, kept her side in the game with a really superb performance. More love for the goalkeepers this <laughs> season. I mean, it, look, it was frustrating for, for Robert Villaham's side, but um, should have potentially won this one. What quite went wrong and what do you need to, to take into the uh, next match against Liverpool? Yeah, I think... Definitely frustration from the Tottenham side. I think they'll feel like they've dropped the two points there. It was theirs to win, but they just couldn't find that second goal. Created a lot of chances. And Martha Thomas, who's been absolutely on fire, had a lot of chances, but it just wasn't happening for her on that uh, yesterday. Um, she was and, named Barclays uh, know, Player of the Month. That's what it is. <laughs> Jinxed her. <laughs> Jinxed her. Take the trophy away. <laughs> no, but they, uh, the performance-wise... Very good from Tottenham, dominated the first half, created lots of chances, but they just couldn't get it over the line. And 1-0 was a really, really risky scoreline to be, you know, to try and keep for the 90 minutes. And then it was just a a bit of a naive penalty, Mm. a bit harsh, I thought. I would say that. Of course you would, <laughs> with, your, with, your, with your Tottenham bias on. But um, no, I thought Everton's substitute, Piemonte, came on, made a real Im- impact mm. up up top. And um, 
yeah, frustration from the Spurs side. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, but the table looks uh, pretty good if you're a, a Tottenham fan. Third place, 10 points level uh, with Manchester City, Liverpool and Arsenal. Of course, goal difference. Uh, the big difference there, thanks to Martha Thomas. Uh, right, let's just round up the championship quickly. Sunderland maintained their unbeaten streak, staying top of the table. They beat Durham by a goal to nil. Birmingham kept up their good form. They beat Reading by two goals to one. Reading now on a three-game losing streak and really struggling. London City Lionesses came away with a convincing 3-0 victory over Blackburn Rovers, while Southampton kept up their title hopes, beating Sheffield United by two goals to one. Things not looking good for Watford, though. They lost 3-0 to Crystal Palace and sit just above Lewis, who are dead bottom of the table after losing 1-0 to a strong Charlton Athletic side. Uh, We say it every single week, but it is very, very competitive in the championship. Sunderland leading by three points as it stands. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit like the WSL, isn't it? Twist and turns every weekend. You don't know who's going to win who. And I think that's what we want, isn't it? We want the excitement as a neutral fan. So, yeah, it could swing in the positionings changing every weekend, which is, is great, a real competitive league. Thanks so much for listening. As always, we'll be back next Monday to break down the next round of WSL fixtures, including what could be a crucial bottom-of-the-table clash between Bristol City and Aston Villa.